This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yelton, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep, deep, diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General John McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey everybody, welcome into the Utopia Football Podcast, the preview edition for Week Five: Texans and Jaguars. We're going to get into our pregame six-pack, our six observations, three apiece, three for me, three for John McClain, as we welcome you in uh, to this podcast, the last one of the week. And uh, I'm Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast in the mornings on Sports Radio 610. And of course, I mentioned John McClain, the Hall of Famer, our good friend, senior Texans columnist at SportsRadio610.com and GalleriesSports.com as well. John, good afternoon. How you feeling? I'm doing great, John. How are you? I'm doing good, John. I'm doing good. Before we get into the preview of the Jags game, we've got a little bit of Texans news that we should dig into. Um, we, we've already discussed Pharaoh Brown getting released in yesterday's podcast before the mailbag. Since then, a couple of things have happened that I want to get your thoughts on. Uh, Chris Conley was let go from the practice squad yesterday, and I guess that's not a big deal. I mean, he played in a couple games this year, had some catches last year. I guess my question would be, especially with guys starting to come off of IR, which we'll get to in a second, um, do you think this is the beginning of a trend we might see with Nick Casario maybe cleaning out some of these older guys and trying to find some maybe just some new scratch-off tickets on the street? I don't think so. When you're 0-3 and 1 and you've had a chance to win in the fourth quarter of every game, I don't see him trending and getting rid of players at this point to me that's more for the middle of the season and the other bit of news uh that i guess two bits of news one guy who was at practice one guy who missed practice today we'll start with the guy who was at practice for the first time in a regular season practice in his career christian harris was back at work today john what do you expect christian harris to bring near term long term he's way behind the course when he was he ran a four four at the combine, which was, I believe, the fastest linebacker. He's not a pass rusher. He's a 4-3 outside linebacker who can run. They hope he can cover. And he think, I'm guessing at first he'll play special teams, and then he'll try to gradually work him in on defense and hope that he's learned a lot while he's been out because he's been there, he's been paying attention. And, of course, the linebackers have been mediocre at best. They've struggled against the run, struggled in coverage. Uh, He is a rookie, and he's missed a lot of time, but at least he's got an upside where those veteran linebackers do not. 
I'd love to see him and Garrett Wallow out there mm-hmm. more as the season progresses. Yeah, I you know he's he he definitely upgrades the athleticism out there for the linebacking crew. That that's a that's a group that needs all kinds of help right now, John. The linebackers were atrocious in that game on uh, on Sunday uh, against. Oh my God, who did they play on Sunday? Why am I why am I blanking on who they played? This, this last loss was to the Los Angeles Chargers. That's right, the Chargers. My God, wow. Um, so yeah, that was, that, that was bad. I mean, the, the rushing stats look good for the Texans defense, but that's cause all they had to do was dink and dunk to Austin Eckler in the passing game. And he was still going and getting, getting the yardage they needed to win that game. Derek Stingley missed practice this morning. John, are you concerned about that? He's missing practice today with a left arm bruise. Of course he left the charger game twice after falling on that side of his body on that arm slash shoulder came back in both times and finished the game. Um, but mispractice today, any cause for concern for you? I would be, yes, because when he went in, went in, came back, went out, you could tell he was in agony the way he fell on his arm when he tried to jump over a receiver and came down on it. Wouldn't surprise me at all if he's not able to play in this game. Now, we, we don't know because we haven't been able yet to get a sample size of is he going to have injuries that keep him out? Or is he going to be able to shake him off and play? And, of course, they need him because he's their most talented defensive back along with Jalen Petrie. And uh, you don't want them to have to go up against Trevor Lawrence without uh, one of their best defensive players. Yep. So we'll see. But he missed practice today. Derek Stingley did. All right, John, so let's get into it. This uh, This is a matchup. Obviously, these two teams play twice a year. Um, because they're in the same division. This is a this is a team, the Jags, that the Texans have not lost to since the tail end of the 2017 regular season. That, of course, was the year that went down the toilet for the Texans because Deshaun Watson tore his ACL midseason. That was his rookie year. Um, and that was the year the Jags went to the AFC title game. Might should have gone to the Super Bowl if they could just close the deal against the New England Patriots that season. Um, so it's been eight straight for the Texans. Uh, I guess just a, a couple other little factoids before we get into our pregame six pack. Romeo Cornell got his first win as Texans interim head coach in 2020 against the Jags. David Culley got his first win in the only season that he coached the Texans against the Jags in week one last year. Lovey Smith's still looking for his first win. So we'll see what happens. I don't know the last time, probably that 2017 season was the last time that the Jags have been maybe favored at all over the Texans, let alone favored. Uh, well, no, they were favored in that opener last year. They were the favored in both games last year. Yeah, So, they, but but probably the, this is probably – I don't know if they were favored by a touchdown. They're favored by almost a touchdown in this game against the Texans. Um, so that's that's kind of the, the, the preset here for everything. The Texans have a very long winning streak against the Jags on the line, and it definitely looks to be – in jeopardy based on the direction these two teams are going. The Jags are two and two on the season coming off of a loss to the Eagles. And as you mentioned, the Texans coming off of a loss to the Los Angeles Chargers by 10 this past Sunday. Let's get the pregame six pack going, John. The storylines, the people, the trends, the things that we are watching for Sunday's game. You, of course, as the Hall of Famer, have the honors. First first of all, I'd like to point out the Jaguars are very fortunate in 2017 The Colts had 22 players on injured reserve, and the Texans had 19. That was more than any teams in the NFL, and Jaguars were able to take advantage of it. But they had a great defense. It's amazing how that team fell apart 
after they were so good and had such high expectations the next year. Right now there's high expectations because they're two and two. And the first thing I'm going to talk about is what I'm writing about for Gallery Sports, column on Damian Pierce, four games into the season, how well he's doing, better than any rookie. And he's going against the Jaguars defense that's eighth against the run, 93.8 yards a game. And they're fourth in average per carry allowed at 3.6 yards. So you know they're going to be focused on him. And one of the marks of a good running back is an offensive line going against a defense that is stacked to stop the running game. If I'm the Jaguars, I'm focused on Pierce, not Davis Mills, trying to force Mills to pass, of course, and then having my pass rushers get after him. So Pierce needs to have a good game. He's on a pace, Sean, for 255 carries in what would be a club record, 1,331 yards for a rookie, 5.2 yards per carry, and eight and a half touchdowns if he goes at the current pace. Now, considering how little they used him in that first game, I would imagine that would pick up. But when whenever they don't blow a lead in the fourth quarter or get close and can't close the deal, when they actually do something positive and win, I'm guessing Pierce is going to play the big role. That, that 255 carries scares the hell out of me, John. I had not done the math on that. 255 carries – in a season where this team's going to win like three games just feels like such a feels like such a waste of an odometer. I, I understand. And Pierce is a delight to watch and he's a great kid. We had him on the post game show this past Sunday um, at the stadium following that loss to the Chargers. Uh, but it's such a catch 22 with this team. Like if I don't want Damian Pierce to carry the ball very much, that means I've got to watch Rich, Rex Burkhead carry the ball 10 times a game, which I don't like either. I don't like either of these options. Why can't they go find somebody, John, that can be a backup running back? Daria Gumbawale, he's on the roster. Yeah, they really love using him. I mean, like, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, uh, anyways, if Pier, Pier, you're right. No, Pierce, Pierce has been uh, absolutely fantastic so far. Um, and he had that breakout game on Sunday against the, uh, against the Chargers. John, my first one in the pregame six pack, uh, I'm going to stick with the Texans offense versus the Jags defense. And I'm going to go with the, the tackles for the Texans, Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard against the edge rushers for the Jags. They have Trayvon Walker, of course, the first overall pick in the draft, who's done some good things this year, but he got kind of owned by Lane Johnson last week in that loss to the Eagles. Um, Josh Allen, not that Josh Allen, the other Josh Allen, the Jags' Josh Allen, has been really good this year. Three sacks, four TFLs. He's been uh, very active, very disruptive. Um, if the Jags are in a situation where they're able to – tee off on Davis Mills because the Texans can't run the football, uh, then it's going to be incumbent upon Laramie Tunsil, who's been really, really good this year, and Titus Howard, who's been decent this year, but not great. He's made some mistakes, and he got dinged up too in that last game. Um, I think that's the matchup for the Texans offensively. Those two tackles against the Jags pass rush. Got to keep Davis Mills clean. He's not been good under pressure this year. Well, excuse me. One of the reasons I like walkers because he could play up and down the line from the Jaguars in passing situations. I move him over Kenyon green mm. just coming off an awful game in pass protection. And I see if he's any good because green got pushed back into Davis mills twice. And he got him sacked once or twice and it was a bad game for him. So I put Walker over there because he's big enough to play from tackle and rush up the middle 
and I think it'd be a great test. My, my next one is going to be Davis Mills, of course. And I, I tweeted this uh, when I saw it. Uh, ESPN's come out with all its updated rankings, and uh, they have four of their experts uh, ranking their top five at every position. And all of them have uh, C.J. Stroud's top quarterback. Uh, three of them have Bryce Young, two. Another one has Will Levis. And then they have either Levis or Young, third. And it's interesting because Todd McShay has three quarterbacks in the top seven. And that would be one and two, Stroud, Young, and Levis, seven. And, but it's, uh, um, and then there's a distance between Levis and Anthony Richardson of Florida, who is the uh, consensus four, but they don't say if he's a first-rounder or not. Mm -hmm. So you know Texans fans are watching them because Davis Mills has not been very good. Now he's coming off his best game. He made some good throws. He needs to get the ball to Nico Collins. You know, uh, he's had eight passes dropped. That's tied for fifth in the league. And um, it seems like when he gets sacks, they come at the most inopportune times. Yeah. When they're either trying to score to go ahead, sack, or they're in the other team's end of the field, sack. It's just it's just physical and mental mistakes at the worst time. But they need Mills to have his best game, play the way he played last year when the Texans won in Jacksonville, and see if they can come up with their first victory. All right, John, my next one. So that's two for you, one for me. Here's my next one in our pregame six-pack previewing the Jaguars and the Texans in Jacksonville this Sunday in week five. Um, I'm going to go with the Texans pass rush. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was shaky as hell last week against the Eagles. He he had five turnovers himself, uh, interception, bunch of fumbles. Um, he was real, real shaky. Now the Eagles have a fearsome pass rush, maybe the best pass rush in all of football. They've got all kinds of guys they can throw at you there. And they did last week in the rain in Philadelphia against Trevor Lawrence. Up until last week, the Texans pass rush had been really, really good, had been very disruptive through three games. And then they didn't, they didn't touch Justin Herbert last week. They had one sack and that was really with Herbert kind of stepping up in the pocket and choosing to kind of slide near the line of scrimmage. It was one sack for two yards and the two guys that touched him down on the ground got each got credit for half a sack. They had zero disruption. Justin Herbert had all day long. This is with him playing with busted ribs. And so that was a real disappointment for me. They need to crank that back up in this game on Sunday against Trevor Lawrence and put some heat on Trevor Lawrence. They're, they're the less talented team, the Texans. So they're probably going to need turnovers to, they're going to need to win the turnover battle in all likelihood to win this game. Trevor Lawrence is ripe for turnovers. As, as promising as the season has been for the Jags at two and two with a couple very impressive wins over the Colts and the Chargers, Trevor Lawrence has not been great this year so far. They've done it almost in spite of Trevor Lawrence, not because of Trevor Lawrence. So I, I think the, the pressure is on Jonathan Renard, Jerry Hughes, Rasheem Green, um, the guys on the interior. They've got to get some heat on Trevor Lawrence and get back to what they were the first three games of the year. You know, they had playing Thomas Booker on rundowns next to Roy Lopez or Big Heine, and then Malik Collins, of course. They're rotating those four. None of them are pass rushers, and they're all got to stop the run. And then uh, they they have Oboe 
and uh, uh, Rasheem Green at end, and they're bringing Grenard and Hughes in passing situations, which means Hughes and Grenard were getting beat on the run. So I'll say the run defense. You're talking about the pass rush. Mm-hmm. I'm saying the run. They gave up three yards game to the Chargers. They uh, it was their best game against the run, but the Chargers were the worst running team. They could not stop Austin Eckler's receiver. They did a pretty good job on him. And now I thought the Jaguars were higher, but they're 17th in rushing, and that's with James Robinson coming back from Achilles injury that ruined last season and Travis Etienne coming back from a knee injury that cost him his rookie season. But so far, they have not been real good. Last year, I believe they averaged 4.5 yards of carry with George Warhop as offensive line coach. He's with the Texans now. So I think they want to try to stop the run for a second game in a row and see if they can get after Trevor Lawrence like you're talking about. And one of the things about the run, the linebackers, you know, their guys are getting on the second level and then the linebackers are missing tackle. The DBs didn't make all the tackles against the Chargers the way they had in those earlier games. And that's a good thing because they've got the front seven has got to be better against the run. Yeah, I'll just add to what you said because I've got a different one for my last one, but I think it's a point worth making. Travis Etienne has not been doing a ton of damage in the passing game this year. I feel like that's what – I know Urban Meyer's not the coach there anymore, but I feel like that's kind of what he was drafted for in the first round last year. I think any coach that's drafting Travis Etienne in the first round is probably drafting him as much for his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield as they are his ability to run the ball. Um, He's only got eight catches so far this year. That's my biggest fear with what you're talking about, John, is it's not the running game. But I almost look at the short passing game to the running backs as sort of an adjunct to the running game. I mean, that's what it was for the Chargers last year. You can tell me all day long that the Texans held the Chargers to three yards of carry. They did that because they didn't need to run Austin Eckler because they couldn't cover him out of the backfield, you know? So um, so I, 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 uh, I am nervous about a Travis ATN breakout game this weekend for the, um, for the Jags. So that's, that's my fear. My last one and our last one on the pregame six-pack Special teams for the Texans, a big play on special teams. They've been able to get those each of the last two games, and that's been what I think has really helped them stay in these games. They got the big punt return from Desmond King two weeks ago against the, the Bears that they were able to turn into a touchdown in that game. And then the big block, the big uh, uh, forced fumble on DeAndre Carter in the game this past weekend against the Chargers that uh, that set the Texans up with an opportunity to take the lead miraculously in the fourth quarter. They were down by they were down by two by uh, by two touchdowns at about the you know the about the you know five minute mark of the third quarter, and next thing you know, there's nine minutes left in the game, and they're sitting on the doorstep of taking the lead in that game. Um, so uh, that that's that's the uh, a big play on special teams, whether it's forcing a fumble, a big return. Desmond King's been really good in the return game, and they need to keep their coverage going. They've been very very good at covering kicks and punts so far this year. They've not given up to, that I can remember any big plays that have really swung a game for them. That's one of the real, I think special teams is one of the big things that's kept them in some of these games so far this year. So they need to keep that up in this game. They're, they're rated fifth in DVOA on football outsiders for special teams. The Texans are, the Jags are middle of the pack. The Jags are 16. So the Texans might have an advantage there. And they better start scoring touchdowns because the offense isn't scoring a whole bunch of them. And on that, after that great turnover, man, 
they wasted such an opportunity and had to kick the field goal. Another sack. Another sack. Yeah. Sack at the worst time. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, it would help if Frank Ross's special teams, who have been terrific, could actually score a touchdown, maybe two, especially in the fourth quarter when the Texans actually scored 10 points against the Chargers in the fourth quarter after not scoring any in the first three. But, yeah, special teams have been splendid. John, your prediction for the game? Uh, I've picked the Texans to lose every game, and I'm going to keep picking them till they win a game. So I'm going to pick Jaguars 23-17. The trend is your friend if you're John McClain. He, he, will not, he will not bet into a trend. So you got him covering the spread at least. Yeah, it's what, six and a half? Six and a half, yeah, yeah. Um, I've got Jags 27-19. I think the Texans, uh, I think it's a touchdown and a bunch of field goals for them. I think they'll be able to move the football a little bit against the Jags, but I think they're going to bog down in the red zone, kick a bunch of field goals, and I'm not super confident in this defense shutting down uh, James Robinson and Travis Etienne at this point. And by the way, Christian Kirk's been very good for them. That's been a good, that was a free agency signing that got a lot of heat because they people felt like they overpaid for Christian Kirk uh, he's been really good for them. He's been better than anybody that Kyler Murray's been throwing the ball to out in Arizona so far this year. Um, Somebody was used, excuse me, Sean, as yep. an example, blasting the Texans. Well, look at Jacksonville. And I told him that's a very unfair comparison because the Jaguars have had the number one pick the last two years. They've been stockpiling high picks for years. The Texans have not because of Bill O'Brien's trades. And they had all kinds of money under the salary cap to spend, and they win March. Now, next March, Nick Casario will have money to spend, but, but because of where the Jaguars have been, they should be ahead of the Texans. It's yep. ridiculous, yet they keep losing to the Texans. John, you want to play a little for real or Fugazi for a few minutes Let's here? Let's do it. All right, a little for real or Fugazi from around the league and with the Texans. I'll start with this one. Christian Harris is immediately the Texans' most talented linebacker. For real or Fugazi? For real because of his talent, yes. Doesn't mean he's going to play. Doesn't mean he's going to play well or not make mistakes for a rookie. But when it comes to natural ability, yes, it's for real. All right, next one, John. Uh, Geno Smith, who has better numbers right now than Russell Wilson, will finish the season with better numbers than Russell Wilson. For real or Fugazi? Fugazi. I can't take Geno Smith over a whole season. You thought about it, though. You thought. Russell Wilson's not playing real well right now. He's got a guy calling the plays, Nathaniel Hackett, who's never called the plays. I saw Sean Payton weigh in on what he would do if he were coaching him. Maybe he's – subtly trying to audition for the Denver job next year that could be open with Nathaniel Hackett as a one and done. Now what Geno Smith has a chance to be is comeback player of the year, but on this past weekend, he was the highest rated quarterback. Yeah. He's not going to play Detroit every weekend. We'll point that out. Right. <laughs> um, so next one, John, as of right now, if the season were to end today, Cooper Rush would be a top five MVP candidate. For real or Fugazi? Fugazi. We're talking about Cooper Rush, a backup quarterback. Uh, he's done a really good job. Kellen Moore's done a really good job adjusting the game plan for him, maximizing his strengths, minimizing his weaknesses. But if Dak Prescott comes back and plays well at the end of the season, people be looking back and going, yeah, oh, Cooper did a really good job. But, uh, no, I don't think he'd be a top five MVP because there's too many players playing well. Might be making some money, though, John. I'll tell you that. 
He's, you think he is? As I, I think he's making money as a backup, as no, a quarterback I, like Jimmy G. Yeah, those no, guys, if they're not going to make a lot of money, but they'll make better than they're making. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's going to get 50, you know forty million a year or anything like that. But he, you know, when he came into the NFL, I, I, you know, realistic expectations for him were not he's going to step in for Dak and go undefeated. Um, all right, next one, John. For real or Fugazi? Tom Brady looks like a guy who's going through a divorce. For real or Fugazi? For real, he does. He's looked like that ever since he took off. When he came back, people say he's lost weight. He wants them to think it's because of how much he works out. It looks like he's going through a lot of trauma. But based on everything you hear, it's his own fault for coming out of retirement. John, when you went through a divorce, did you lose weight or gain weight? Uh, I lost weight like crazy. When I got divorced, I weighed 180, ran three miles a day. I was felt great, looked great. <laughs> then when I got remarried, I went down the toilet. <laughs> so you lost weight because you were you were getting after it. Like a lot of guys. No, like, I didn't. I didn't lose weight. I was in great shape. You were okay. You were already in great shape. Yeah, I think people I was in like, great shape a long time. Yeah, yeah. I think John. I think people want a thirty for thirty on in shape McLean. I think they want more on that. We may have to put. We may have to put a pin in that one and talk about that someday on this podcast. I got a lot of pictures. Uh, I know you do. People right. wouldn't recognize me. Next one. Next. I don't know. The mustache is iconic, John. Just so you know. Um, all right. Next one. Uh, the Dolphins will be just fine with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback for the time being. For real or Fugazi? Fugazi. There's no way Teddy Bridgewater is as good as Tua Tungavailoa and as well as Tua was playing. Teddy Bridgewater is a good stopgap quarterback, and you hope Tua can come back sooner rather than later. But based on that injury, it might be a while. But he was playing so well before he was injured. I, two more, John. The Vikings are now the favorite to win the NFC North. For real or Fugazi? Fugazi. Give me a break. Aaron Rod Kirk Cousin over Aaron Rodgers. That's preposterous. The, the Packers are not getting any love, and they're struggling, growing pains with their baby receivers. But I think when all is said and done, they're going to win the division. Uh, I last one, John. Winning is the worst thing right now for the Arizona Cardinals because if they were 0-4, Cliff Kingsbury might be the hell out of there. For real or Fugazi? Fugazi. Everybody wants to win. Now, that division is wide open. Uh, no, it's not. They're going to finish. Let's see. What do you think San Francisco or the Rams is going to win it? 49ers I think San Francisco right now. They all own them in regular season. Cardinals yeah. trying to – they may play out the season and then make a change, but – Boy, I, right now it's for Gazy. They're Fugazi. trying to win a wild. They're trying to earn a wild card berth and just wait till DeAndre Hopkins comes back from his six games. That's a good point. Hopkins coming back. I, what are your thoughts on John? Real quick, John. Like uh, Kingsbury is an NFL head coach. I, I think he's a complete fraud. He's he has uh, he, he's you know last year he started great. Everybody's talking about him going to the Super Bowl. This thing where they crater at the end of the season, including. When he was at Texas Tech, that's just mind-boggling. I don't think he's a fraud. I just think he's been mediocre as a head coach there. And when they hired him, you know, they wouldn't have taken Kyler Murray if he hadn't encouraged them to, and they love Murray. So that was at least one good decision. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I wasn't even a good coach at Texas Tech. I don't know why they thought it would work out so great in the NFL, but – 
whatever. Uh, all right. That is the great John McClain. I love playing for real or Fugazi with John. And it's, it's a, uh, it's one of the, one of the uh, subtle pleasures in my life watching John scream Fugazi at things. So John, we appreciate that as always. And, um, we appreciate Figgy Fig getting this podcast out to all of you uh, three times a week. He does a great job with that. So big props to Figgy. John, any final thoughts before we bow out of here? I'm writing a column for uh, uh, gallerysports.com about Damian Pierce. And then I've got one the next day about Nick Saban. And when Nick Saban came to the Oilers in 88, uh, as a defensive back coach, I'm going to tell a lot of stories about him that I think people don't know. And then I'll have a column for sportsradio610.com on Friday, looking ahead to the game and what the Texans have to do to try to break this drought. And of course, your iconic report card coming out after the game as well on sportsradio610.com. John McClain, prolific as he ever was these days. John, I appreciate the time with you as always. Sean, thank you very much. All right, good stuff. That's John McClain, the Hall of Famer. I'm Sean Pendergast, and we are out of time. Enjoy the game on Sunday, everybody. We will be back on Monday morning with the next edition of this podcast. Be sure to download and uh, subscribe. Give us a five-star review. Tell a friend. Tell many friends. We're The, the conversation, even though the Texans aren't winning games, the conversation is going to remain very, very hot and heavy on this podcast. And obviously, we'll start to, when it becomes appropriate, as it already is, because the name C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young already came up today. We're going to start peeking ahead to draft stuff and mixing in some college and probably mixing in some Astros, too, with the playoffs getting on top of us here uh, starting next week for the Strohs. So we appreciate all of you subscribing. Email us questions for the mailbag, mailbag at gmail.com, mailbag at gmail.com, and we do a mailbag episode. We record it on Tuesday, and it drops on Wednesday, so be sure to get those to us. You're thinking of stuff during the game. Drop us a quick email or after the game. Drop us an email at mailbag at gmail.com. I'm Sean Pendergast. That's John McClain, and we're done. We will see all of you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game, everybody.